You are listening to The Bill Podcast with me, Natalie Rolls, brought to you in association with georgefairbrother.com, shop.saturdaymorningpress.co.uk and cityfiction.co.uk. fans. How are you? I hope you're all happy and well. I was certainly very happy to catch up with my next guest, the gorgeous and immensely talented Mr. Pal Aaron. In part one, I'm afraid we're going to make you hungry. Pal and I love our food and we talk about some of our favourite cuisine. I was also interested to see how Pal's tastes might have changed in the last 20 years, so remind him of some answers he gave in a Q&A back in our Sunhill days. We also chat about some of Pal's most recent acting work, which has taken him all over the globe. There's loads of Bill Chat to come in parts two and three. But for now, sit back, relax and get ready for your tummy to rumble during the starter course of a three-part feast with one of this country's finest actors. Hello, Matt. You look great. You shoot this long hair. This kind of what is that color? Peroxide, platinum. I don't know about women's fashion, so I'm making these names up. I'm sure she said it's the least amount of peroxide, but mixed in with the grey, it sort of works. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't keep up with the darker colour. Look at my grey, look at this. I love it. Well, I love it actually. I quite like my grey, so So, pal Aaron, hello! Hello! So lovely to see you, and I don't know what the background is, but that's really setting you off perfectly. This is my self-tape background. Whenever I've got to do a self-tape, or if it goes to a meeting, a Zoom meeting, director, producer, whatever, I have this background. And every time they come on, they always say, nice background. I say, oh, well, thank you very much. I'll be tippy-typing later. What's your background, please? Because I, I do stupid things with palm trees and, <laughs> and space outfits. I'll pass you the details, yeah. But like I said to a director last time, I said, oh, good, I'm glad you like it because there's a multitude of sins behind there. <laughs> and exactly. he said, you might want to keep that to yourself. I never <laughs> did get that, John. So he probably thinks I've got body parts hidden behind there or something. <laughs> you want to keep that to yourself? I thought, well, there you go. That went down like a lead balloon. Ooh, and you instantly know on these things, don't you? you, you oh, yeah. It's, it's an intimacy. Well, I'm yeah. glad I'm sitting intimately through the Zoom talking to pal Aaron. It's amazing to see you. And I've, I'm curious, from reading a few articles, just doing some background research, and I just yeah. wanted to see how much your tastes might have changed in this time. Mm. So just a little bit of fun, just to work it up and move it up because i know you're into uh 
Alexandra Technique, all of these things. This is my little rolls warm-up, okay? Oh, it's very good. It's working. I might do a bit. Yeah, you see? Oh, that feels nice. Good, isn't it? I like that, yeah. <laughs> I'm ready. My, my, my shoulders are ready. You see? We're all ready. I'm not even going to talk. I'm going to let my shoulders do all the talk. I'm going to do this. <laughs> that means no. That means yes. 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 <laughs> What's that one? Uh, there's mucho Mucho, mucho. I love it. Okay. Favourite actor? Oh. It's a ridiculous well, question, look, but you I'm did sure. answer it a few years I'm ago. I'm sure I said... I probably said Al Pacino, but it's Marlon Brando. And I think yes. I said Marlon Brando. You did spot on. Oh, hang on. Which one's yes? <laughs> We're doing the shoulder shimmy. Woohoo! I forgot. I'm just do that. that was yes. That was yes. <laughs> that was yes. And what would be your favourite book? Oh, my goodness. It is still Down and Out in Paris and London by George Orwell. There you go. So you, your tastes have not changed. No, but I haven't progressed. I'm stagnant. <laughs> I have remained stagnant for 22, is it 22 years? Yes, it's a long time. Are you still into instant coffee? I love instant coffee. <laughs> I was having this conversation the other day, and uh, we were talking about posh coffee. I said, I never go out for coffee. I never buy coffee outside from a coffee shop. It's never how I like it. It's just steaming brown water. That's all it is. Not even coffee, mate? No. But when I make coffee at home, I love it. And I love instant freeze-dried coffee. I might get some nice coffee on a Sunday, maybe. But you know what? Freeze-dried instant coffee. Love it. <laughs> Heat teaspoon of brown sugar. I'm happy. And i tell you what's new. i tell you what has changed since then. I now love oat milk and coffee. Absolutely love it. I love oat milk and porridge. Porridge has never tasted so good since I discovered oat milk with fridge. Can you make your own oat milk? No. Have you ever tried? Because it's so easy. You'd be saving yourself so much money. Even the thought of it makes me want to put my head in a vice. (laughs) (laughs) You don't. Do you make your own oat milk? I, I have tried it. It's so simple. You just basically drain the oat water. You know, if you wash the oats... That is yeah. basically all it is, and soak it. Is that all it is? That's all it is, and you're buying it in a pot that's... Three quid a pot for a carton of washed oats. Somebody's washing up water. I'm paying three quid a pot for a carton of washed up oats. I'm telling you, look into it. So you've got your cheap, nasty, freeze-dry coffee. Yes, thank you. Up thank milk. you. And I've put that in. You've made me feel kind of really inept. So thanks for that. Lovely to see you there. Lovely to see you. Next time I see you, I'll take you out for a really good coffee. <laughs> okay. You've yes. got to come to Brighton. I will take you out for a really good coffee with a view. Ready? Yeah. Okay. Just saying. The view. The view. I'm. I'm happy with. I already know I'm going to be disappointed with the coffee. <laughs> I tell you what we'll do. Let's go for the view, and I'll bring my own coffee and the thermos flask. There you go. Save yourself six pounds. <laughs> yes. And get a good coffee. Give a good taste to my mouth. Much more importantly. Going on from that, what's your favourite foods? Oh, well, hey, listen, I I gave up eating red meat after I left casualty, which is before I started the bill. Right. So 
I've not eaten red meat for about 25 years. Amazing. The best decision I think I ever made in terms of dietary, in terms of health. Absolutely, without a doubt, the best decision I ever made. Second best decision is cutting down drastically on the dairy that I eat. So And so that's my discovery with oat milk and coffee and oat milk and porridge. I just absolutely love it. And all cereal, but particularly porridge. So, what I, I, do you know, I eat a lot of fish, chicken and a lot of vegetables. It's obviously working for you, Mr. Powell Aram. He's looking very, very good. But in your interview a few years ago, it said cheese crackers, crunchy nut oh, yeah. cornflakes and a craving for red wine. Oh, now that's now. Here's the thing. When I gave up red meat, I suddenly developed a craving for red wine. And I'm wondering if the two are linked somehow. One red goes out, one red comes in. Honestly, noticeably, I started drinking red wine more when I went out looking for red wine and, and, and trying to find wines that I really liked and trying to find new red wines. And I'd never done anything like that until I'd given up red meat. So I'm wondering if there's a connection there. Yes, there must be. It happened at the same time. Oh, there's nothing wrong with red wine. I love a good, I'm sorry, a good steak maybe three times a year. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I, it's not on my menu otherwise. Do you know, my missus says exactly the same thing. And she'd say, you know, oh, I don't know if I can give it red meat. She said, of course I could. I could give it that. She said, but every now and again, a good steak, a good quality steak. Oh, yeah. She says, that's, that's kind of what does it. That's what, that's what tips it for her. That is, washed down with a really good wine. That's, uh, yeah. I had a trip once driving through Italy and, you know, when you just stopped just any random place and everyone was eating the same thing and it was basically a cow. Everyone was yes. eating the yeah. same red meat, the same beautiful, like, salad leaves and a glass yeah. of, you know, carafe of wine. And I will never forget that taste because it was so organic. I would never, yeah. never find, you know, I wouldn't buy supermarket meat Although yeah. other people say to me, they ha it's the best way to buy your meat because they have to get rid of rid of it by a certain date, but they don't yes. know where it's come from. So, yeah, I'm a bit fanatical about butchers and and where where things come from. I understand. I know where you're coming from. And also in Europe, they eat older beef. We apparently we eat beef that is. I only got this from recently from a Rick Stein thing. I love watching cooking programs. It's a thing I watch more than anything else. <laughs> And he said, you know, if, if in the UK we ate old steers, and he said the meat is mature, it's not tough like some people think it is, depends on how you cook it. But he said it tastes so good, so good. But there's the romance of eating a good meal abroad. Also, that's part of the memory, isn't it? That's why Rick Stein, that's why he's really good, isn't he? Because he's always on his travels and he's always picking out the local. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah. He, you can really connect. Like, I have not forgotten that piece of steak in the middle of somewhere in Italy, driving. Yeah. Fish soup, another one. I love fish soup yeah. when it's done really, really well. Do you make it? I can make it. I've got the herbs. I bought the herbs from Gozo because this particular meal, again, it was the herbs. Mint. Yeah. Weirdly, I wouldn't put mint with, with shellfish, but yeah, right. that yeah, works yeah, yeah. with the parsley and the saffron and the, oh, la, 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 la. oh, you're making me really hungry now. <laughs> I love talking about food. Honestly, <laughs> I will talk about food all the time. I love it. I love watching cookery programs. I love to cook. I cook all the time. It's one of the best times you can spend with someone. 
It's one of the best dates you can have is over some nice food. And it needn't be elaborate. It needn't be overly expensive. It could just be, you know, over a bowl of really lovely soup, you know, and some nice... Oh, I'm a soup head. I love my soup, yeah. I just did a broad bean. You'll get this. So basically shallots. (laughs) We're going off on one here. Go on. No, no, I'm already down with you. Go on, shallots. Shallots. Beans like a, a balotti bean or a, yes. any of those sorts of beans, garlic, yeah. tomato, fresh tomatoes, a homemade Ooh. stock. But in the middle, and this is a Maltese tradition where they have the sheep's cheese floating in the top around the beans, parsley on top. Oh, I just, I love soups. I can tell that you love it. I do. I've got this thing for soups, and I think it comes from my grandma. She always used to make the stock from the chicken bones. So there was yeah. always that smell of chicken bones after the Sunday yeah. roast. And, yeah, uh, and, and that's where it comes from. What's your background, Matt? What's your family background? My mother's side is Maltese. Okay. But it goes back to Sicilian. When you go back into, you know, it's like all of that. Yes. Well, because Sicily's 90 minutes away from Malta. From yes. Malta. Yes. A little, have you done that trip? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Nice years trip, ago, a long time ago. It's lovely. It's fantastic. Of now. What's the what's put Sicily on the map at the moment? What's that series around the hotel business? White Lotus. White Lotus. So so many people at the moment are saying, I'm going to I'm going to Catania, I'm going to Syracuse. Did you do all of those trips? And I'd gone to Malta and we decided to go to Sicily just for the day as a day trip. We said, look, it's only across the water. Let's just go for a day. We'll get up really early, get the catamaran over and get the last catamaran back. Because we're in Malta, let's explore Malta, but we'll come back for Sicily another time. And actually, it's the only time in my life I've hitchhiked when we got to Sicily. We thought, well, we've got a few hours here. Let's get through A to B. Let's just point somewhere on the map. Let's go there. And we were by the ports. There weren't any trains or anything. We had to find the train station and all that. And so instead of doing that, let's hitch. And we hitched. And a guy picked us up in a truck, this guy with shades on, and a back-to-front flat cap. We got into his truck, and it smelled gorgeous in his truck. And I said, what's that smell, brother? What's that? And he pointed to the back, and the back of his truck was full of fresh flowers. And he, he was delivering them. Oh. But he actually, he took us to Pozzalo, I think. Yes. That little hitchhiking trip, the, the whole truck was full of this beautiful smell of sweet, mm-hmm. fresh flowers, you know. The kind of smell you get from freesias or even lilies have that kind of soft sweetness around them. And his truck was full of beautiful fresh flowers. And I remember that more than the day Sicily. But I need to go back and do Sicily, go to Sicily properly and explore Sicily, which I haven't done. I'm guessing you have family connections. There's Cilia, which is a place for the best ice cream. Again, that's one of those moments. I will, if I could go out of my way, I would go there. No, there's lots to see in Sicily. It's a real oh, I love it. I've just the heat. I can feel it now. Ah, travel. You become very animated when you're talking about food. Your hands start doing the whole sprinkling of parsley. It's great. Anyone that knows me well, it's food and sleep and adventure. That's me. (laughs) So I'm pretty simple, really. Right, listen, we're going to get back yes. to the acting world now. You have been okay. very, very busy, pal. 
I've seen a photo of you with a bloody head from Annika 2 with Nicola Walker. Yeah. Tell us about that, because I know that there was lots of fight scenes and there must have been loads going on in that series. It was really lovely fun. And I've only ever passed through Glasgow before on my way to the Highlands and Edinburgh and all this. And Glasgow's a wicked city, very funky city. And I wish I had the time to explore it more, but I didn't. So I made use of the time that I did have, you know, and try and explore whenever and wherever I could. But it's kind of New York-y, Glasgow, mm-hmm. in that their basements are bars and clubs. So you'll walk along really beautiful architecture along the, and along their main streets. I forget the name of the main road where I was staying. And they're all really beautiful, ornate buildings, you know, all kind of Victorian or Georgian. I can't quite remember which, but they have these huge balconies and wide stairs that go down. And when you look down and you expect to see nothing much, actually it's kicking. There's bars and coffee shops and restaurants, and they all seem to be busy and active. And I thought, this is a really cool city. I like it. And of course, one of the benefits of filming somewhere is is you get to go to locations you wouldn't normally go to as well. You, you have to be there because that's where the location is. It opens up your eyes to other things, you know. And so we filmed in some nice places, but we also filmed the first day of filming it was um, the sewage works. <laughs> so, uh, Charming. <laughs> and that's when I realised it was it was the glamour that first attracted me to this. <laughs> You needed to hitchhike out of there yeah. to get back into the I t- I, I needed to the scent of fresh flowers after that day's filming. <laughs> we were there. For, we were actually there for two full days. It had to be jet steamed the floor because I had to lie on the floor in a sewage works. But they did. They did jet steam it. They did clean it properly. Got the certificate of whatever it was, and this is safe. You can eat your food off it. Although I didn't. But that was it. Was great fun to be in Glasgow. It was a lovely part to play. I've always kind of liked these physical parts and a bit of action, you know. And I had to have a stunt man for certain things. And that was really a stunt double. So that was quite good fun. Uh, yes. And I don't know, that's out sometime this year. I don't know when exactly. Were you taken by Nicola Walker's beautiful eyes? She's got stunning eyes. I didn't notice. Oh. But I suppose because, I suppose, no, I didn't think of this before now, but I suppose we were filming in places that were kind of fairly dark and atmospherically lit. Like, for example, we had a chase in a, in a train station, in, the, in an underground subway train station, and we had to time it to real trains, to live timetable. They weren't for us, so we had to go, trains leaving, go, go, no, 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 shoot, 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 you know. So uh, so that was quite good fun. But no, I didn't notice Nicola's eyes, but she was nice and they, and, and, and they all were. But they usually are and in our job. We're very lucky, you know. Every now and again, you come across someone who's not nice, but most of the time they're nice. And, and that was a nice job and they were nice. And what about Serbia? There was a telly you did in Serbia. Yes, I did. In lockdown, I went to Serbia. We were filming Miss Scarlet and the Duke. And it was my first period piece. I'd never done a period piece before. You know, I'm always kind of a modern, urban-type actor. But I had a bowler hat and a suit, and uh, there were uh, huge chunks of Serbia I have not been touched since. It's all set in Victorian times there. So it, it's a, you, everywhere you point the camera, it's in period, you know. Yeah. So Serbia was interesting, and I left with Salmonella. Not COVID. No. <laughs> Everybody was really careful with COVID. <laughs> And I got salmonella, and I didn't. I didn't know it was salmonella until I came back, 
and I was unwell and I went for tests and the environmental health have to call you. I don't know if you're aware of that. I wasn't aware of it. When it's salmonella, the environmental health give you a call and they have a 40 minute interview with you. So is salmonella eggs? Is it normally Yes, eggs? it can be. It's dairy, eggs. It can be uncooked chicken, infected chicken. Of course, yeah. Did they find out? She thinks it was eggs. From my symptoms and the way and everything I described to her, what did you eat? And this, you know, where were you eating from? And she said, uh, I, I, the only thing I can put down to is eggs. I think that's what it was. And I said, okay, so how do, I, how do we proceed? So it's just got to work its way out of your body. It was horrible. It was really grim. Oh, it must have been... I've only had food poisoning, like, really badly once. That was in India, and I lay under a fan for a few hours and tried to move, and, you know, it was just hideous. Debilitating, yeah. Yeah, but to actually come back from... Did you say that was after lockdown or during lockdown you were filming that? That was during lockdown. So were you doing lots of social distancing scenes? Was that... Yes, we had a COVID person on set and uh, telling us that you can't get this close, you can't get this close. If there is going to be any kind of close proximity acting, then they had to make sure you were looking the other way, you weren't breathing on the other person. There's no chance of coming into contact with them facially. There was a moment when my character is fainted on his desk. And one of the main characters had to come in and lift my head to check if I was still alive or breathing, and I was. And that was fine, because all they were doing was handling my head at arm's length. But any other stuff, they would stop and say, no, 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 you've got to find a way. And you know, Nat, this is where old school stagecraft comes in, Andy. You've got to be here. This is where you need to be. So how do we fake it to make it look like there is a relationship between you? You only throw a glance, but you can't get too close and... Yeah, so there was a lot of that. And there was a lot of testing all the time, every day, testing every day. And then before you fly, take you out to a specialised clinic. And and, and you know what? You're, the fear is, I hope I haven't got a bug or anything that comes up as, oh, he's not fit to fly. Because we knew so little about COVID then. All we knew was it had flu-like symptoms. And you can think, well, if I have actually caught a cold, is that going to show up as COVID? I don't know. So everybody who was flying out to fly was keeping their fingers crossed that, I just want to be healthy for the flight back that I'm allowed to get. So you had two weeks there? Yeah, I had a couple of weeks there. And it's when I got back and I became ill that, uh, and I went for tests and they said, it's salmonella. They said, where have you been? And they said, well, you must have got it there because all you did was eat not those things on the flight back. So I didn't have any of the dairy or the chicken or the eggs on the flight back. And you also did a feature film in Rome. The movie that I did in Rome was only Christmas just gone six months ago. Amazing. Yeah, it was it was brilliant. Do you like you've been to Rome, I'm guessing. I love Rome. It's one oh, of my favourite cities. Yeah, it's special. It's an amazing city, isn't it? Incredible vibe. I always get a bike. I love doing the bike things going round and just getting a feel of, you know, that just being yeah. living there and taking yeah, yeah. a little tram out and just living in nice. the outskirts of, of places. I love Rome. It's a special place. Obviously, the pizza's great. Yeah. yeah. We're talking about yeah. food again. <laughs> I know, I've got to talk to you about food. There was a restaurant near my hotel, and I can't remember what it's called, and it was a basement restaurant again. You know, you walk down the stairs, it's the basement, and there's the entrance. It was a fairly small place. I think they only did about 12 tables in there. I had a very simple pasta in pesto. That's all. Mm-hmm. With some red wine. And a little bit of bread on the side, which I don't really eat much of, but it was there. And I have to say, 
It's one of the best meals I've ever had. In a very simple cafe and a very, very simple meal. And it was one of the most, and it's so memorable. The pasta was al dente. The pesto was not overpowering. And it just touched every bit of the pasta. just swam through the ribbons and lay there waiting to be devoured. (laughs) It was absolutely gorgeous. I wish I'd met you a few years ago. You could have... (laughs) Send the pasta to the customer. Look at you. (laughs) What do you think of me? I'm here waiting to be devoured (laughs) and enjoyed. And Uh... I said, too, right, get here. Oh, the waiter, the waiter noticed I'd splashed some oil on my coat, on my jacket that I was wearing. And he came over with a silicon spray and a brush. And he just popped it next to me. And I, I hadn't noticed I'd splashed myself in oil. And I thought, oh, what am I supposed to do? Does, does everybody get up and do a turn in this restaurant? Did it work? And it worked. I sprayed myself with silicon to stop eating. Got a brush, which is a lot like a shoe polish brush. And I was sitting there brushing my chest like this. And I looked and I thought, that's gone. That's amazing. Did he so give him a nice tip? Absolutely, just for that. Never mind the food. They do great silicone and a shoe brush. <laughs> Finish off with a limoncello as well, and it's just all like, uh, it's just the best. Yes, but that's part of the joy, isn't it? Absolutely. Food in other places. Yes, the experience of. The joy is food. Oh, I love food. I love it. Oh, you're making me hungry. My friend, actually, I met my friend yesterday. We went to an opera at Glindbourne. It was the dress rehearsal of, it was about the Carmelite nuns and the revolution. And it was a a modern twist on a very old, I should remember it. I can't remember now because I'm just thinking of the homemade macaroons that she made. Oh, nice. With the real almonds, you know, because a lot of these add the flour so it doesn't have that pure almond taste. With yeah. coffee this morning. Is it something you had this morning? Yeah. The opera was the almond good, almond but night. the almonds were better. <laughs> yeah. You're living the life, aren't you? Opera last night, continental breakfast today. And pal Aaron for lunch. <laughs> <laughs> right. You filmed Endeavour. Yes. And you know Abigail yeah. Thor. I had worked with Abigail before. We worked at the Bristol Old Big together. And and that's the first time I'd worked. No, I worked with Abigail years ago on a corporate video. We were both in the corporate video, but we didn't share a scene. And then we did the play together. And then when we were doing Endeavour, I was really looking forward to meeting up with Abigail. But uh, the schedule being what it was, we were never filming on the same day. So I didn't get to see her. I've only just reconnected with her, thanks to the social, and desperate to to meet up with her and her lovely husband. That was way back when I, at the Barbican days at the RSC, that I met her. So it was was one of those connections. She's lovely. Abigail's lovely. Yeah. Oh, she's a sweetheart and funny. So funny. Very funny. It was so lovely to catch up with Pal 20 years on from our Debbie and Brandon days, which we dive into next time in quite some detail, so stay tuned for that. In the meantime, I don't know about you, but Pal's made me very hungry. I think I need some pasta to devour. I'll see you all soon. 
Bye for now. Hello, this is Andrew McIntosh and you have been listening to The Bill Podcast, brought to you in association with georgefairbrother.com, shop.saturdaymorningpress.co.uk and cityfiction.co.uk. The Bill Podcast is presented by the fabulous Natalie Rolls. Natalie and I have been back in the studio recording Series 2 of Letter from Helvetica, which will be released on all good podcasting platforms later this year. If you'd like to hear your name on the closing credits of the next eight episodes of our Top 40 Fiction podcast, you can support us on coffee.com forward slash letter from Helvetica. The Bill Podcast is produced by Oliver Crocker. Co-produced by Ben Adams, Glenn Allen, Rob Cook, Sarah Kuiper, Calvin Millward, Maz Mirabilis, Alex Mockler and Simon Wolfe. Executive produced by Isabel Allen, Ben Ashmore, Simon Banstead, Alana Dewar, Andrew Dyack, Tony Drury, Paul Dunn, Dan Evans, George Fairbrother, Luke Hegarty, Alan Hunting, Edward Kellett, James Ledane, Lucy McNeil, Gary Moncur, Claire Norbury, Laura Pinifay, Michael Seeley, Tom Sherrington, Angel Stannard, Patrick Stratford, Michael Weil, and Sarah Went. The theme music is composed by Matthew Annis. For over 80 hours of exclusive The Bill podcast content, including cast and crew commentaries, reunions, reactions, pilgrimages, and much more, join the investigation. Patreon.com forward slash The Bill Podcast. Oh, you lucky devils. Oh, you lucky devils.